0: All right. Well, hey, I think we're going to go ahead and get started. So welcome everybody to our September 2020 Google Educator Group meeting for GEG Ohio, the Google Educators Group of Ohio. Um, This is typically a monthly meeting. We've uh, been off for the summer and uh, a little bit of a slow start with a crazy start to the school year. So this is our first meeting since May. Been been a little bit of a, a, a jump there. We will be back on a monthly schedule though throughout the school year. I think December is usually the only month that we don't do that, um, but otherwise we will uh, be back on a monthly schedule now. Um, this is a meeting where we take a look at everything new in G Suite from the last month or months (laughs) in this case. uh, We share Google tips and tricks. We answer questions related to using Google tools in school. My name is Eric Kurtz and I'm a tech integration specialist at the Stark Portage Area Computer Consortium or SPARC. For short, we are an information technology center serving schools in Northeast Ohio. However, this meeting is open to anyone, whether inside Ohio or out. As long as you are interested in using Google tools in school, you are welcome. do want to uh, introduce or give a chance for folks to introduce uh, the, uh, the folks we have with us here today. Uh, as always, Stephanie Howell. Uh, hey, Stephanie, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Hi everyone, my name is Stephanie Howe. I am um, working for Pickerington Local School District and I get to help teachers use technology in powerful ways. And right now it's crazy because we're back to school, we're in the hybrid model. So feel free in the chat if you could let us know what model your district is going with right now due to COVID um, so we can see what is going on. I know there's a lot of Google Meet updates that we're going to be talking about soon.
0: Absolutely. And uh, not to put Stephanie on the spot, but today's a special day for you. Understand this is Stephanie's birthday. So happy birthday, Stephanie and everybody in the chat. Please feel free to uh, wish her a happy birthday. Um, We are uh, so thrilled (laughs) to be able to uh, have this be not just a day to have our Google user group meeting, but also it's doubly special because we had to celebrate Stephanie's birthday together. So that's awesome. Um, uh, we also are joined by uh, John Mansell-Platel. And John, if you would like to do a, a quick little introduction, uh, John is one of our co-leaders, and I would love to let you let folks know who you are.
2: Thanks, Eric. I, I, my name is John Mansell-Platel, and I work for the Northwest Ohio Computer Association. So it is uh, in the same kind of organization that Eric works for, except we're in the Northwest corner and uh, I work with teachers integrating technology and um, we serve about uh, 40 some school districts uh, in this part of Ohio and welcome to everybody that's connecting from we've got people from Georgia and uh, all over the place I'm originally from Australia so um, there's um, I've been a little bit involved with Stephanie and uh, and the global gag group although I haven't had that much time this summer because we've all been crazy busy. So, uh, yeah, and you've got lots to share. So thanks for the opportunity, Eric.
0: Absolutely. Uh, So happy to have you here with us. We're getting all the corners of the state covered, aren't we? We have one last uh, guest who is with us at the moment and uh, Bruce is with us as our special guest. And there'll be plenty of time for Bruce to go into great detail later um, during the show and tell, but I would still love for him to introduce himself for a moment.
3: Uh, sure. Hey, everybody. I'm um, Bruce Reicher. And I'm a technology teacher in New Jersey, and I've actually been watching GEG Ohio for several years uh, to keep me updated uh, you know, with everything Google. So I'm excited to be here and excited later on to show you some of my Wakelet boards and to tell you about Wakelet if you've never heard of it before. And uh, I'm just excited to be here and I'm so excited. I got invited on Stephanie's birthday. That's very special. <laughs> I was lucky enough over the summer I presented with Stephanie at the we Video conference, so I got to know her a little bit. So happy birthday, and it's going to be a great party and a great GEG Ohio today.
0: Fantastic. Looking forward to hearing more from Bruce later, and of course, Bruce, John, at any point during the session, uh, Stephanie and I will be sharing a lot of things, but you can pop in just Unmute and share away at any point. You do not need to worry about that. This is, uh, you know, uh, definitely bet it's better the more people share. So feel free to jump in at any point throughout this. Uh, so for everybody else, we just want to let you know that all of the resources for today's session can be found in an editable Google Doc agenda. And if you don't have that agenda open, it can always be found on the GEG website, which is at bit.ly slash GEG If you head to that website, you can then click on the link for our monthly meetings. From there, you'll see a list of all of the upcoming meetings. You see the meetings we have scheduled for the uh, 2021 school year. And uh, today, there is our meeting, September 24th, and and a link to the agenda. That'll get you into that document, and it is editable. Now, after the meeting, we do switch it to be comment only, uh, so you can always continue to add feedback on it. But for right now, it is fully editable, so we would encourage you uh, to add things into the document um, as as you would like to. Um, There are several sections in the document, including things such as um, upcoming events so if you know of a webinar or you know some virtual training that people could plug into or maybe the rare face-to-face event maybe they they still exist I don't know (laughs) maybe Uh, but anything of an upcoming event that you would like to uh, get on our radar please go ahead and fill that in in the upcoming events Um, there is a section below the what's new in Google that covers questions and answers so if if you have any questions please go ahead and start filling those in um, and if you have any answers do so as well uh, we are definitely not know the uh, the experts we 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 love Google hopefully as much as you guys do Uh, but there's you know bound to be folks who are watching right now that can contribute great answers to the questions that come up here as well we will take a look at the Q&A near the end of our session below that there is a section called show and tell just to share any cool stuff any cool Google related things we do have a couple of different sections I've got a spot where I've put in a few things that I've come across Stephanie has done as well Bruce has his section but right here, you'll see there's one that says GEG community show and tell. So we would love for you to take advantage of that. And you can fill in anything that you would like to in that spot. Can't guarantee that we'll have enough time to cover every single link in this document. But by getting it in there, other people can explore that. And so we definitely encourage you to do that. Beyond that, you can always communicate in addition to putting uh comments and questions and very good. Hey, Star, put in a happy birthday (laughs) there. Um, You know, for Stephanie, you can do exactly that. You can go ahead and you can add a comment over in the side of the document, but you can also just chat in our YouTube chat. Uh, We um, are going to continue to monitor that throughout the session and encourage you to communicate there as well. All right. Very good. With all of that said, let's get into it. So we've already covered all the introductions, so we can move past that. And for important links, we've hit a uh, most of the important things, but as always, I do want to mention the same thing I mention every month, which is if you don't mind, please do consider signing in for this session. You'll see under important links, highlighted in green, there is a link to a Google form. And if you click that, you'll see it's a very simple Google form. It's just asking a couple of basic questions here. And this is is for us to be able to provide two things, to provide you a certificate of attendance for the meeting, but it's also for us to be able to provide numbers to Google. We do not share your personal information with them. We just simply let them know how many people attended the meeting because that is something they do like to track. So it's just your name, your email, where you're from, uh, today's date, and of course we're all attending online. Uh, Sometimes we've done some face-to-face meetings, but these are all online, of course. And then whether or not this is your first time attending a meeting. If you would be so kind as to fill that out um, at some point during the meeting, we greatly appreciate it so that we can turn those numbers in and get you your certificate of attendance. Now, beyond that, um, we do have a, a link. Still, uh, still, definitely encourage you to fill it out. We had a survey that we did back in the spring. We got loads of great information from it that we're looking forward to implementing. We've got some things cooking. Uh, we uh, haven't quite got everything you know, launched yet, but we've got some good things cooking that people have been suggesting. If you didn't get a chance to fill out that survey back in the spring, there's a link here to fill that out and give us some feedback on ways we can improve GEG Ohio we read every single thing that were submitted. We really took it to heart and we've been uh, brainstorming on the best way to implement those. I am going to ask Stephanie, though, to talk about something else that is in the important links section because it deals with our meeting next month, which is going to be a little bit different. And uh, Stephanie has been spearheading that. So tell us about this.
1: Um, so May from Google has reached out to GEG Ohio and she would love for our community to have a town hall. And so what this meeting will be is we're not gonna meet on YouTube like we are today. We're actually gonna be meeting in a Google Meet. And we are going to be listening to your feedback and taking notes for Google. Um, So if there's something that you don't really like about Google Classroom or you have a feature request or you have some other ideas, make sure you gather that feedback from teachers figuring out how can we make Google's products better. And we are going to be taking notes and kind of collaborating together on different things. So make sure you sign up because you will have to um, have the Google Meet link available and everybody is, of course, invited, but it is going to look a little bit different. We're not going to go over all of the updates we might at the end, but the first like 30 minutes is probably going to be about feedback and what can we look at Google's products to figure out how to best help students and teachers.
0: And that's so neat. I'm uh, so excited. That, you know that Google really wants to hear. They want to hear from the users. They want to know what are the pain points. What are the things that can make a difference. And so this is a chance to not just you know collaborate and commiserate <laughs> with like-minded educators, and let it end there. It's not just a venting time or a brainstorming blue sky type of a thing. It's one that Google's going to actually listen to. They're going to take this information and um, and consider it and, and, and put it together with other similar um, data collections to help guide them. So please do exactly that. So the form that's linked in there, if you follow that link, it looks like it takes us out to a, a form where you can fill out information in preparation for this and then when the time comes um, you'll be able to um, join us um, in an actual google meet so it won't be yeah it won't be like this where we're you're just listening to us talking heads here (laughs) we're all going to be in there together so uh, really excited about that Um, is there any deadline stephanie for them signing up for that
1: um, as long as it's probably the day before. So October 28th, um, you can sign up on the Google form that Eric showed has the meet link and a calendar invite that you can add. I try to add our Google group to our calendar invites. However, I probably broke it because I think we have over 800 <laughs> we members. Do. We do. <laughs> and Google does not. I think the limit on calendars is like 200. Oh, um, we broke so it. So <laughs> I don't know if the invite went through or not um so you might need to add it to your own calendar but i set it up so it's all there (laughs) on the google form just make sure you sign up and you get that link to the google um meet i'm not going to put it out on social media just because there's been a lot of different (sighs) Meet bombers
0: yeah Uh, we're gonna
1: try to just keep it to our ohio community but feel free to share that feedback with anybody that might want to join or be interested in that meeting
0: And of course, when we say the G.E.G. Ohio community, again, we are very inclusive. You do not have to physically be in Ohio. Just as long as you're part of our community, you you are welcome. Uh, You're welcome to take part in all of the things that we do. But yes, good point. Uh, We definitely want it to be folks that are part of this community. All right. Um, speaking of that, you, you, hit the, you hit it right in the head there, Stephanie. We have a lot of members now. Um, our um, Google Educator Group has a Google group that you can join. We have 822 members in the group. And I tell you, it's been active. I'm so excited to see how many emails have been coming through there. So if you have not joined that yet, there is a link here to join. our. Um, shouldn't say new anymore. It's been around for a little while now, for the last year. But our uh, our Google group, our email distribution group. There are directions on here on how you can sign up by going to there and joining by sending an email to the group joining but I'm excited to see that number continue to rise and it's so fantastic to know if you have a question you can put it out to that group and there's 820 ish people waiting to hear your question and hopefully many of them provide an answer so we can really support each other in between our meetings. Awesome. As far as upcoming events, um, the only thing that I added to this, and so um, I'll mention what what I was going to add, and then, um, Stephanie, anything that you want to share, John, Bruce, if you have things. The only thing that I added in here um, was about OETC. I had gotten an email um, indicating that the Ohio Educational Technology Conference is going to be virtual this year. Um, So they have made the call. They have They've officially decided we are not getting together in Columbus for our official you know, OETC instead. Uh, they're going to do this virtually, but they are asking for feedback and preparation for that. So um, this form, I have not filled it out yet myself, so I don't know how many pages it goes or how deep it gets, um, but it would be to provide them with some feedback so that when they are planning out OETC for this year, it can be as valuable as possible. Breaks my heart, this will be the first time and I cannot imagine how how long that I've not been in Columbus in February for OETC. Uh, but I know we're still want to make it the best thing we possibly can. Um, but uh, Bruce, Stephanie, John, anybody else? Something that either you added or you have insight on with upcoming events that you would like to draw attention to?
3: One thing um, that I can add is that as a huge Ed Camp fan that I used to drive all over the place to, now they are all virtual. And you can sign up for any EdCamp any place in the country. Usually they're on Saturdays, usually they're like part of the morning. And if you're unfamiliar with the EdCamp, the people who attend the EdCamp make up the session board. It's a totally different field than normal conferences. And it looks like most of them in person might be canceled, but there are tons of virtual ones and I'll put the link in the YouTube chat. Thank you very much,
0: excellent.
1: And just the ones that I was gonna touch on was FETC is virtual this year. I haven't been able to attend in the past, but it is completely free this year. So I thought that was really exciting. So make sure you sign up for that one. And then also ISTE proposals are already due. I know we haven't had ISTE this year yet because they moved their date to November, but next year's proposals are due very soon, um, which is kind of creeping up on me because I'm like, oh my gosh, oh I can't believe gosh, it's already here.
0: What date is it? Um, what, when are they due?
1: I think it's like October, I want to say like the fifth, but I could be wrong. Oh my god. Yeah. So just (laughs) no, because I completely missed this. Um proposals are coming up if you are interested (sighs) in trying to present next year.
0: Yes. Well, Stephanie, I owe you one because there's no way I would have remembered that. You're right. I'm still focusing on ISTE coming up here in December, the virtual one. That's all I'm thinking about is getting my sessions ready for that, not preparing to submit for next year. So,
1: yes, um, I agree. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, very thank you. Thank you. I, I, I owe you extra for that one. Uh, that's fantastic. Awesome. Well, we'll take a look back at that later. looks like some more people are filling in some stuff and I would definitely encourage you to um, add to the upcoming events since so many things are virtual now, you know, it really doesn't matter where it's at. Yeah. If you've got, if you know, a conference that's in California normally or something, put it on the list. If it's gone virtual because that's beneficial for all of us like FETC, that's a Florida conference. um, You know, so thank you for, for adding that in there.
3: The, the, only right. thing, Good. the only thing I would add, Eric, because this has happened to me over the summer, if you're attending things in different time zones, make sure you go at the right time. <laughs> <laughs> the WE video conference this summer was all in Pacific time and on the East Coast. it total, It's it's hard to follow. So make sure you know the time zone when you start signing up for all these things.
0: Well, I'll tell you, Bruce, it's even worse when you're in person and you make the same mistake, which I have done. I have been at a conference in a different time zone and didn't make the adjustment and double booked myself. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? (laughs) So, But that's a really good point, you're right. Some of these can be at times that we're not expecting. All right, excellent. Well, if anybody else has anything else to add, please continue to do so. But we're going to jump into the meat of our meeting, which is what's new in G Suite. We are not going to cover everything in here, so please do not panic when you see that there are multiple pages of updates. We're going to skip over the vast majority of these. Um, But what happens is throughout the month, Stephanie and I keep our eyes out for new things, um, whether it's on one of Google's official blogs, whether it's on a um, a Google-centric news site, whether it's a tweet out from the Google EDU team. We try to Add to this document any new announcements that get made about product developments, changes, new features, because that's the thing. Google's a moving target, and it's so easy to uh, lose track of, "Oh my goodness, that new thing happened." And then what we' like to do is take some time in each of these yeah, the meetings from YouTube to, uh, yeah, my phone hears me talking. Uh, We need to uh, take some time uh, during these uh, meetings to highlight some of the updates just so you're not caught off guard and also so you can make the best of these. So what I've done um, is I've gone through and I bolded anything that really kind of jumped out to me as I think this is probably worth pausing enough to talk about. And then Stephanie, Bruce, John may have done so as well. Um, and so, as you can see, uh, I don't think I bolded, you know, anything on the first page or so because it's, you know, it's since our May meeting. And, you know, so some of these things are older now, and maybe not as relevant. Um, but if I get down into here, the uh, very first um, item that we come across is uh, from uh, June 24th, and that was that Google announced that they were discontinuing two of their very popular extensions. Well, I thought they were popular, um, which was Share to Classroom and Cast for Education. Um, and so, at this point, you know it's August 15th. That was not that happened. So <laughs> this is this is a done deal. This has already happened. I think if you had them installed you you still have them, like they're still there. Like I bet if I go up into my um, extension manager, I probably still have share to classroom it's still there like I have it listed, but I believe they've been removed from the Chrome store and they won't get any updates and they may just stop working at some point so the the, the idea behind this was shared a classroom allows you to very easily be on a web page and just click the extension and say I want to turn this into an assignment or I'm want to put this as a material in my classroom or or such. Now there's other tools that do things like that. But one of the things that did that distinguished it was it had another option was, in addition to pushing it to your classroom, it lets you push it to your students' Chromebooks. So as long as they also had the Share to Classroom extension installed, if you said I want to push this out instead of to the classroom, I want to push it to the students, you could grab a web page and just boop 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 boop, it would show up on your students'. Chromebooks. You could just say, hey, guys, let's all take a look at this. And you could push a web page out to them. They could also push a web page to you and it would go into a queue and you could review them and see if it was something to share with the class. That was pretty slick. I thought that, that was pretty neat. Well, so I don't know if anybody um, has some alternatives that you've come across, things that you would recommend. I know there are other tools that you can use to share things to your classroom. That That is not the only one out there, and I have since installed. There is some other one, and I'm, I'm going to draw a blank at the moment. I just installed it the other day that mimics that same sort of process of, and I'll maybe I can look it up during one of the times when I'm not jabbing away here, <laughs> but uh, I have not found something that that, that mimics the Uh, pushing a page out to your students. I've just found some things that make it easier to send things to your classroom. But uh, I don't know if anybody has anything to add to that. Feel free to, but just wanted to get that on your radar. And as normal, Stephanie and I ping pong back and forth. And so um, I will turn it over to Stephanie as far as our next news item here.
1: And I think too, it's important to remember that Google extensions don't always work when Google makes updates. I know a lot of my teachers were struggling with um, the grid view extension because Google was making updates with Google meet, which we're about to get into a ton of new updates with Google meet. But just know that as Google makes improvements, some of those extensions might stop working until that person can get their code correct. Um, One of my friends, clay codes, he codes a a lot of different extensions and he is always working on the weekends because he has a full, time job trying to fix this code to make it work. So just be patient if it's not working and you want the extensions to go away because you want Google to get better. So you don't need that extension. Um, a good, so that's, a good,
0: that's a good point. I love what you say there. You, you, you in a yeah. sense, we do want the extension to go away. You're right. If it's, you know, we, it would be great for them to, for Google to recognize the value of that, but boy, you know, good job for Clay and all those people who put in the time to try to keep up with the changes Google makes. Speaking yeah, I don't of which, know how he does it. <laughs> I think Meet's been a, a big moving target. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on yeah.
1: there? So Google Meet, um, if you haven't noticed, there has been a lot of different updates with Google Meet to help engage your students in your classroom. I know in the chat, it looks like in Ohio, we have a lot of hybrid schools. Some schools have been going back full time, and then there's a couple virtual schools. Um, but since we have a lot of hybrid, this is a great way to quickly join on meeting with different staff members to collaborate or to meet with students. So just some of the different things that have um, became available in Meet is including like the backgrounds. So they're adding different backgrounds. I know Zoom had these and so now Google has them. They also have blur backgrounds coming if you don't have that update yet, where it will blur the background. So I know a lot of students might feel insecure about their home or what it looks like. So you're able to blur that background and just get a picture of yourself. Um, They've also updated their grid. So I know a lot of people were using the grid view extension, which um, we've had a lot of issues as Google is making updates. You can now see I believe it's 49 people in a meeting through the Google. So you don't need that um, anymore. You can also you just go to settings and then you just go to the layout and then you would toggle the um, it's like a line to where you want your number to show how many people are in the meet. And then also you can mute all, if you need to mute all students, which is nice. You can also disenable the chat. I know this is rolling out and it takes about two weeks to roll out. So just know it's coming. Um, I think Eric's gonna pull it up so we can show you some of what this looks like. Um, so once you're in, there's the background. Oh, sorry. So once you go in here, there's a lock looking thing and you can quickly see the share to screen. I can turn that on and off. I can also change the chat messages if I want it on and off. And then there's also quick access. So quick access is that knocking on the door. And you can either turn that off if you wanna answer that doorbell every single time somebody asks to join. So that can be really annoying when you're trying to do parent meetings because all of those parents might not be on that Google invite. And so this just allows you to quickly turn that off so you don't get interrupted as you're presenting in the meeting. But you have the ability to control that Um, in the three dots. We've got the change layout and this is where you can go to tile. And then there's the line of where you can increase people or decrease the amount of people showing on your screen. Um, You can also on the three dots blur your background. So um, I think Eric would have to turn on his camera, but for you to see that. Let's see if it works. There we go.
0: It may get mad at me because I'm using Zoom at the same time. Yeah, it might.
1: So that's But it would just blur his background, and you could just see him popping up. Um, So those are some of the features that have come up. Some of them that aren't here yet, but are coming very soon. Um, Mm -hmm. In the chat, you're able to, it has like a new polling area. So you're able to pull questions and you're able to do it really quickly. So how's your day? You can either do good, bad, and then kids can quickly answer. Or if you're trying to do a multiple choice type question, just to see how everybody in the classroom's doing, you can easily do that. Also, there's a questions, which I really like because when I'm presenting right now, like there's so many different comments in the chat. I don't know what's a question and what's just a comment. Um, so as you're presenting, you can mark that you have answered that question Or you can say, I want to answer this later. And so it kind of keeps a way for you to filter those different questions at the end of that Google Meet. And then you can address any questions that you did not answer. Or you could take those questions and make a Google Doc with answering those questions. After you end the meeting, I believe it's going to take your poll and the questions to a spreadsheet. So just like when you record a meet, it takes it directly to your email and it says your recording is ready. It's going to do that with your polling and it's also going to do it with the questions. So you're going to have that available in your email. These are all rolling out sometime in October, these two features. There's also breakout rooms coming very soon. So breakout rooms are going to allow you to choose which students get to work in smaller groups. And, or you can shuffle the groups and it can be completely random so what you would do is you'll just shuffle the groups and then they break out you can bring them back together um, what I've heard is you cannot record the breakout rooms but you can record the main room so I think oh and also the whiteboard, we whiteboard. Have a, the whiteboard yeah. um, so the whiteboard is Jamboard you're gonna be able to see Jamboard at the bottom that is rolling out I believe it said like Monday was the start of the rollout. So that should be coming in the next couple mm-hmm. weeks. Um, same with hand raising. So hand raising, the kids can click. Um, you don't need an extension anymore and they can ask questions. Um, so tons and tons of features for Google meet. I don't think Google is expecting all this uh, that they would need in their features. Um, and I think that, covers a lot of the bolded areas. I don't know if I was supposed to really cover all. You did all. <laughs> you did
0: you no, you did wonderfully. The only thing that we want to add to this and I think it probably will be easier to see let me go to the one I know I'm jumping ahead here to August. This might be the one that yeah, this one does a little bit of a better job Delineating a couple of things. Let me zoom in on this one here. Um, Everything Stephanie mentioned is we're just so excited about. These are really great features. The only caveat is some of them are not going to be included in the free version of G Suite. Most schools use the free version of G Suite. There is a paid version called Google Enterprise for Education or G Suite Enterprise for Education. Um, if you try to abbreviate that out, um, it's um, uh, GS, G Suite uh, uh, Education Enterprise. Enterprise, so G-S-E-F-E, they've been pronouncing it Giuseppe. Uh, So if you ever hear the word Giuseppe thrown around, they're talking about G Suite Enterprise for Education, Giuseppe. (laughs) Um, And not a lot of people have, not a lot of schools have taken advantage of enterprise because up until now, it's not been that critical. I mean, good stuff in it, but it's like, oh, our school can exist without those things well, they've really loaded a ton of things into enterprise now that are not coming into the free version. So for example, some of these things, yeah, we all get. Like, you know, we mentioned the seven by seven grid. Yep, everybody gets that. Jamboard, everybody gets that. Um, In October, you know, blurring backgrounds. Actually, that I already have. The blur background came out already. Replace hasn't yet, but that's, everybody gets that. But then take a look at this, attendance tracking enterprise only. Breakout rooms, enterprise only. Um, Hand raising, everybody gets that. Q&A, enterprise only. Um, And then some of the other things that distinguish enterprise would be the ability to do what they call a permanent recording. Um, Free users of G Suite, We'll be able to do temporary recordings. So if you have a meet, you can record it, but it's only gonna stay alive for 30 days. And then after that, the video expires. So if somebody couldn't attend the class live, they'd have 30 days to be able to watch it and review it. But then it goes away, the video's gone and you can't download it or copy it. It's just it's just a temporary video. Whereas enterprise, you have unlimited recording to drive and it does not go away. Um, other things that make Enterprise different is the number of participants. Not that I think it's a big deal, um, but with Enterprise, you can get up to 250 participants. I don't know that that would be too common. Uh, whereas with uh, um, with the um, regular version, what is it, 100, 150? I think I've got a link in here somewhere because um, I was, yeah, they were talking about when these changes come. And I think a hundred, yes. So a hundred is the maximum otherwise. Um, And then live streaming would be another example. Like we're doing right now through Zoom. Live streaming is a feature you can do with enterprise where you can live stream the Meet so that people can watch it even though they're not inside of the Meet. So um, I will let you know um, where I work, um, the Stark County Educational Service Center and Stark Portage Area Computer Consortium, we're all one big blurb there, one big blob here. We have purchased Enterprise for our location. And so um, we got our Enterprise licenses about a week ago. I got them all rolled out. And so I went through a course on you know, what Enterprise does, and it does a lot of pretty nifty things. It's not just that. There's a lot more to it than that. And I'm happy to go into those details um, if people have questions on that. But if you as a school are thinking, hmm, we could use some of these new features, um, um, absolutely, I would be happy to share with you at least our experience, what we did to get Enterprise, how much it costs, um, the different pricing models that are available for it, if that is something that As a group people think are valuable. I included that I included a bullet point down in my show and tell. And if there's time and you would like me to talk about that, I would be happy to at least share our experience with doing um, the enterprise rollout but And uh, I
1: know to Kendra Moore. She is the Ohio Google rep and she would be more than willing to work with anybody that might need help with the enterprise features too. Um, She even offered to come on GEG Ohio to help too if we need her to provide more training on different things.
3: Um, Eric and Stephanie, everyone, I have a really uh, quick thing to add. When you can eventually do the backgrounds in Google Meet, I've seen a lot of people out there, educators, who they just put their Google slideshow as their background And then as they're talking about it, their Google slideshows in the background, you put that together with the record. And now you have like an awesome screencasting tool that you're recording your lessons for your students that are there. And then if you post it later in Google Classroom and you have a copy of it, uh, it's pretty simple just to put your slide deck in there as the background.
0: I love it. What a clever idea. Never thought to do that. And then there
1: was a question in the chat. Is there any way to Bulk removes students from a meet.
0: So it's I I don't know if bulk is the right word as much as when you end a meeting, there is now the ability to kick everybody out to like end it for everybody the way you in like with zoom you can say end meeting or end meeting for all um that was listed as one of the upcoming you know m- moderation or management features but to be able to go through and go check 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 10 of the 20 kids and boom kick them all out no i don't believe so i believe it's still individually booting them or it's ending the meet and kicking everybody out, saying that's it, blow the whistle, everybody out of the pool, you know, type thing.
1: And another thing with the Jamboard integration, I know it's coming out, it looked like when I saw a version of it, <clears throat> you have to change the sharing settings. so it's going to go to your domain, but it's going to be view only. So if you want kids to interact with it during the meet, make sure you change those sharing settings.
0: Nice to know because I mean we've been able to use Jamboard and that's that was my recommendation months ago was hey if you want to do a whiteboard tool, just just open up Jamboard. Make it shareable so it's editable by everybody and just throw the link into the chat. Um, I wasn't sure once it got integrated into Meet how many of those hurdles would be removed. Would it be just click Jamboard and suddenly it shares it to everybody and we can all edit? So, Stephanie, it sounds like there's still a little bit of a restriction. You'll still have to go in to change the settings.
1: And it's really, it's kind of nice. It looks like it takes the Jam. And it puts the link in the chat. You just need to go to the share setting real quick and hit edit. <laughs> um, okay. so anybody in your domain. So it's not too bad. And I'm sure they're going to work on bad. it. That's not And bad. then it looks like you can pick a blank Jamboard or one that's already in your drive. So if you don't want to start from scratch and you already have like a lesson plan, yeah. you can pick it from your drive, which is really nice too.
0: Very good. Very good. Um, it's interesting to see um, in the chat what a variety of uh, experiences people are having with when they're getting the new features. So I have our domain for the Stark County ESC where I am set as rapid release. That way we get things as soon as possible. There is the you know, the, um, I don't know, the standard or stable or scheduled, scheduled release, I guess it is, which is for folks who say, yeah, I'd rather wait about two weeks (laughs) and let things get, you know, tested out before they hit us and give me time to learn about them. I do have mine on Rapid, but even so, Some of these things have shown up and some haven't. I hear, I'm seeing some people saying, hey, we've already got Jamboard, you know, and others, you know, saying, nope, not yet. And I actually have two domains. I've got that and then I've got my Google Trainer domain and I've got that on Rapid as well. And so some things, I just the rollout is... I don't know, it's it, it just, I don't know that there's any way to predict. <laughs> the, the tides come in, the tides come out, same thing with the rollout of, of, of G Suite uh, uh, features. <laughs> you just sometime over the next two weeks, things start, you know, they'll, they'll get there eventually.
1: And then so. real quick, another question about Google Meet. Um so she's in the document, she's not joining us on the chat live, um, which we know she's a loyal, GEG member, and we love Star, Um, but she just asked, is closed caption going to work in the breakout rooms? I'm not for sure about that.
0: I don't see why it wouldn't. I have, again, not knowing, not having a chance to, you know, have seen the breakout rooms yet, which is, again, so I'm really excited about with Enterprise, excited to try that. I, I, I don't, I can't imagine why they would turn off the closed captioning feature. So mm-hmm. probably not an issue. But did you I love her suggestion below that though uh-huh. about being able to say, okay, in the list of 20 people in this meeting, this one person is serving as an interpreter. Can we pin that person like up in the top corner so that they stay in an interpreter spot?
1: Yeah, definitely give that feedback to That's Google because that is a great idea. suggestion. Yeah. And I think the more of us that think that's a great idea and suggest that feature, the more likely it will come to Google meet.
0: Uh, that's good thinking. They used to have, um, in hangouts, they actually had a, um, uh, I wouldn't call it an add on. They used a different word. I don't remember what they called it back in the old hangouts days, but uh, there was like a hangouts marketplace you could go to and you could get like the hangouts toolbox and things like that. They did have a, um, an ASL interpreter um, add-on for Hangouts that did just that. Um, but um, so at least there there's a precedent at Google for having the culture to want to support that. So that would be great to see. All right. Very good. Um, so I'm sure we're going to hit meet a few more times. Some of the things here might be duplicates, and so we can skip over them if we've already if we've you know hit that hard enough um but uh, the next thing in the list here um was that uh Google Lens added a uh, or is adding probably by now has a homework filter which will allow you to simply take pictures of math problems and get a solution worked out for you now Google had uh purchased um a um an app that d- that does this um, and um, I believe it was called Socrative um, and or Socrates or something along that line. Sorry, drawing a blank at the moment. And they have incorporated that that content into Google Lens so that in Google Lens, uh, you can uh, take your camera point it at things and it tells you, oh, this is a like, uh, you know, just on a personal note, I've started one of my hobbies. I tell you, the COVID hobbies we get are crazy. First, it was bird watching. Now it's mushroom hunting. Yes, I am now obsessed with mushrooms. So I go for hikes and I hunt down mushrooms and you know find cool you know find cool ones. So I use Google Lens to point them at the mushroom and it tells me, oh, this is you know blah 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 or whatever. Um, so it's a wonderful tool just to identify anything that you come across in real life. Well, uh, just heads up for math teachers. Be aware that Google Lens has a homework filter where if you just point it at a math problem, then it can solve it and return a solution. You know, um, I know there's tons of apps that do that already. So it's not like this is something revolutionary. Just don't be caught off guard. Be aware that this is something we want to figure out how we can leverage this in a positive way for our students. And, uh, you know, I know there probably could be some academic integrity or cheating concerns that could pop up right away, but something like that. But uh, just wanted to make you aware of that.
1: All right. Um,
0: So Stephanie, next up is another Google Meet one. I don't think we mentioned this one.
1: Yeah, I don't think we did. So they're adding a noise filter um, to Google Meet. I think I have this in my domain. I don't know if anybody else has it and when it's rolling out. But in here, you're able to cancel out background noise, so that your audience can hear you. I know in the video that Google showed on this um, blog post for it, they talked about they're at a train station, so it's really loud. I know we don't really have that in Ohio, but once um, the noise transition goes on, you can hear the person a lot better than when the train's going by. So it's a really cool feature and it could be really helpful for students that might have a noisy learning environment at home.
0: It works for like keyboard key clicks too, doesn't it? Like if you so, yeah. had to type in the background real quick, it'll it will realize that and it'll try to uh, kind of at least mute them a little bit. You know? And it
1: could help like students that have um, autism or different disabilities where that noise really bothers them of the clicking of the keyboard because it could cancel it out. So it could be really helpful for some students that that kind of noise bothers them. Very
0: good. All right, let's see what's next up here. Um, So this one, um, I don't think we we hit. Um, It's more of a, a just a general change to Google Meet for Privacy. And that is the blocking of anonymous users if it is an education domain. So what we mean by an anonymous user is somebody who's not logged into a Google account. And so Um, If you start up a Google Meet using your personal account, that's one thing. But if you are creating a Google Meet with a G Suite for Education or G Suite Enterprise for Education license, if you're using a a school G Suite account, um, people who are not logged into a um, Google account will not be able to join the Meet. Um, And so it's just... Again, trying to trying to make things more uh, more secure, uh, so that you know if you have a, um, I, I guess, <laughs> I, I guess it goes back to the idea of how all this like is the, the Zoom bombing or Meet bombing. You know, a, a student could just take the link, you know, from the top of the Google Meet and share it out. On whatever channel they want to share it out through and just encourage people. Hey, let's all let's all attack this meat. Let's all attack this, you know, thing. Well, if somebody were to publicly share that link, then you know, it would prevent people from being able to join anonymously. So uh, just good to know when people have had probably one bad experience could really scare them off from using some of the video conferencing tools and hopefully this will help a little bit more. Um, I think we already hit. Yeah, that's the one we already hit. Oh, though, although we did talk about yeah. new Classroom things. Did you want to mention? Um,
1: yeah, we can some do that.
0: The, the new stuff that was coming with Classroom.
1: Um. So with Google Classroom, you can now. Everybody should have this rule out. Get the Google Meet from Google Classroom. So that's going to be really nice to. Um, Be able to go into Google Classroom, turn it on in the settings, and then you're able to have your students join right from Google Classroom, which can be really helpful. They've also added a to-do list, um, which if Eric, you scroll up a little bit, I think it was above here. Mm -hmm. Um, So students can see what is upcoming and what they need to do. So they've got a sign missing and what's due and what has already kind of like been scored. So they're able to see Um, what they have done and what they need to do. Just know that it um, is based uh, for Ohio, at least in our district, because we've been trying to play with this, because our students love this. Um, In the to-do, it is for Ohio. I believe the day is Sunday to Saturday, and a lot of my teachers wanted it to start on Monday to Sunday. The week so that kids had like the Sunday to get stuff done. Oh. So we might have to kind of rework something so kids can have that to-do list because we're using the due dates because of this parent guardian summaries. We're using them because of the Google Calendar integration. Um, so just know that if you are assigning it, be careful. And we try to play with Google Calendar to get it to switch for the kids and it was not switching. So it is staying that Sunday to Saturday Um, So just make sure if you want it to be like this week, you check your dates. Um, So that's my big tip for the to-do list. But the Mm -hmm. kids love it. And it's been helping us so much with their virtual work when they're not at school and they need to figure out what they need to do. Um, The next thing in uh, classroom is that there's a new way to join you can now send a link to students and they just click the link and they're in your classroom so no more codes unless you want to use the code uh, but all they need is a link so you just go to the person and then you can see right there it says copy the link and you can quickly share it to your students um, so just a new way to add students into your google classroom They're also working on originality reports. Um, So in the spring, when they first rolled this out a couple, I think it was like maybe a year ago, you got three free um, per class. You can now have five. So they're moving from three to five. And then if you have enterprise, you now um, have unlimited along with it scoring within your domain. So it's gonna look at other students who have submitted reports if they have checked the box and then it's going to compare other students in that domain to see if they're cheating and um, what else um, students are working on. And then I don't know if on this one is the citations.
0: Nope. Well, that's probably more nope. Google docs. Yeah. Not in this one, so, but yeah. Okay.
1: So we'll wait for that one. Awesome. Yeah, those are great.
0: Those are really, really, really great. Awesome. All right. Um, let's see, what do we have next? Um, I think we hit. Yeah, I'd say we hit most of that about um, blocking people from knocking again. So if you kick somebody out of a meet, they they um, um, they can't get back into the meet unless you reinvite them. I think we hit a lot of that. You mentioned the class link there, um, so I think we hit a lot of that. Let's see. Um, And I think we probably hit this too. Um, Yep, we did. You talked about being able to stop students from presenting or chatting if you want to turn that off. You know, we we saw that feature. So we hit that. So I think the next thing that we really haven't talked about, um, these two here, I think, are from the same website. Let me make sure. I think those are both from Chrome Story. So Chrome Story is one of the blogs I follow that is Google adjacent. So they kind of follow things that are developing with Google and they'll share things. This is not an official Google blog, um, but it provides a lot of neat things. And um, a couple of the things that they shared recently um, caught my eye. And a lot of times Chrome Story will share like things that are coming. So it's not like this just released, it's more like they're digging into the code and they're like, we saw in the you know, the release code for two versions from now, it looks like there's something that's gonna do X, Y, Z. Um, well, the two things that caught my attention from it was, one was um, the potential to support multiple profiles in Chrome. If this happens, I'm gonna be so thrilled. So let me explain what I mean by that. I'm on my Windows computer right now. So in Chrome, I use profiles. I don't come up here and click on my, little, my, my lower um, avatar and click, you know, add another account. I don't do that. I have one account in this profile. Instead, I go up to my little avatar above that and then I can add as many profiles as I want. So every one of these is a separate copy of Chrome for a different account, for a different school, a different conference, whatever I need did it for because I've you know you I've got dozens of accounts for different schools and things like that and I can go in and I can manage that and I can add you know more people and I can manage those well on a Chromebook you can't do that when you log into a Chromebook you log into the Chromebook with one profile Mm -hmm. and that's it you're in on that profile if you want to access a second one on a Chromebook the workarounds are usually open up an incognito window and then log into that incognito window or come here and try to you know you know add another account that gets mixed in with the account that you have but you know I don't want to do that well the suggestion is they're going to start supporting multiple profiles in chrome so basically they're going to put a division between chrome os and the chrome browser. So you'll still log into the Chrome OS, the operating system when you log into a Chromebook, but the browser will function like on a Windows or a Mac where you'd be able to go in and set multiple accounts, multiple profiles in there. If that happens, I would love that because that's the maybe one of the very, very, very few things that's a pain point for me on my Chromebook is I I'd like to have multiple accounts open because I'll be doing a training and I wanna have, me here's me as a teacher. Now here's me as a student. And let me show you what it looks like when I push this out in classroom as a teacher and a student. And I wanna be able to have both of those or multiples open very quickly. So I know this is geeky and nerdy, but (laughs) I'm excited about that. And then the other one they mentioned was there's some code showing that there may be a built-in screen recording feature coming to Chrome OS. Now I'm really curious about that because oh my gosh, you know, you think about Screencastify, screencast o Loom, Nimbus, all of these screen recording tools, might Chrome OS just get something that's going to be built in and would that make a big difference? You know, So uh, more of just, hey, keep your eyes on the horizon, keep an eye out for these if you want to learn more about them. Both of these blog posts share what they have found so far in the code of what is coming out in new versions of Chrome OS. So, just wanted to share a little nerdy geeky stuff there. <laughs> All right. Uh, and I think, I don't know, I think we've hit most of the rest of these here. I think I'll have you talk about citations, Stephanie, because we've talked about okay. more controls, you know, blur your background, see 49 people, Jamboard integration, which timing wise this is perfect because it'll give us plenty of time to switch over to show and tell and Bruce. So tell us about the citations.
1: So this is going to be in Google Docs once it rolls out. And if we scroll down to the image, you can see over on the right-hand side, the citations. I know when I was in school, my teachers made me memorize MLA format, and now it's right into Google. And there's a nice list over on the side for students, and it will be so helpful for them. And they also have um, MLA, APA, and Chicago. So over on the side, you can see there, and then all you have to do is insert if you need to. Yep, so there we go,
0: that is which is great. crazy
1: because I had to memorize, like, how to do it.
0: <laughs> that is so neat because I know right now the only way to do this would be with, like, um, I usually recommend EasyBib um, as an add-on for Docs so that you can keep track of all of the um, references and then have it create the bibliography. It will, will, I don't know. It looks like from what I can see here, this would be an absolute replacement for, for the easy bib add on. Um, So excited to see that. Very cool. All right. Well, very good. Um, We're going to shift gears now. um, But as we're getting ready to do so, what I would say is, um, does anybody have anything to, um, Oh, somebody said there's a bad link on the Google site going to an old agenda. Really? Is it? If it is, I apologize for that oh my gosh look at that i have a bad link (laughs) Uh, wouldn't be the first time guys wouldn't be the first time it just got yeah copied over from an old one i will fix that while while bruce is sharing um thank you for letting me know that i am so so sorry about that i did put the link to the agenda back into the uh, chat though in case anybody missed it so what we're going to do is we are going to switch gears over to our show and tell And during this time, we just share cool things we've come across. Um, We're gonna start with Bruce since he's our guest and um, I will unshare my screen and I'll give total control over to Bruce so he can share his and, and talk us through everything he wants to share while he's doing that. I will fix the link <laughs> so that, that, that link will hopefully be uh, corrected. So sorry about that. Um, and and if anybody does have anything that we've skipped over, uh, please do feel free to throw that in the chat and we can get back around to that. But I'm going to stop sharing. And uh, hey, Bruce, turn this over to you.
3: Thank you so much. And one cool thing I saw with the when you before you put kids into rooms is if you go in and they can rename themselves or you can rename them to put numbers before their names. And then when you go to put them into rooms, you could just put them into rooms by numbers if you had the group set up beforehand, which uh, seems like a good workaround to put kids into groups that way. But thank you so much. I'm going to share my screen out. And to switch gears a little bit, we're going to start talking about, um, I'm going to start talking about Wakelet. So if you have never heard of Wakelet before, uh, Wakelet is a curation site, which means that you could put um, everything into one place. So your bookmarks, YouTube, um, you could put PDFs, it connects to your drive, it also connects to Microsoft, and Flipgrid Shorts is built right in with it. So it's everything um, all in one place that you need. And one of the things I like the best about it is, on my phone, most of the things that I have built on here, have been while I'm on my phone. If I saw awesome link, I could quickly put it into one of these collections. So there are two parts to Wakelet. There's a private part and also a public part. So right now um, you're taking a look at the private section. So I'm logged in as me, and I've actually have gone ahead and uh, made a folder for um, GEG Ohio. And let me take a step back of, this is actually the public one. Sorry about that. I'll go into the private one. This is what the private section looks like when you're creating this. Uh, so I went in, I pressed collect, uh, create a new collection and I created a collection for uh, GEG Ohio. So in order for me to view that I could just click it twice. I just chose a picture up here. They have a royalty free library where you could choose um, an image from there or put your own image in and then I start building out um, this Wakelet collection. So I have the GEG Ohio site. And then also in here to share, I found a couple great blogs of how you could use Wakelet uh, that I wanna show you afterwards to brainstorm, get some different ideas of how you would use it. But you go in and pretty much you make a folder, you go to edit the collection. And now you're in uh, the edit mode. And basically um, the simplicity of Uh, Wakelet is you press the plus sign, and these are all the different things that you can add to your Wakelet page. And something to keep in mind is you can create the page for yourself, but you can also collaborate with others, including your students, in any of these folders or pages. So I could simply add a link. Uh, I could add in any text. It gives you a little text box. I could add in a YouTube video, and this is very helpful that when if I go to add in a YouTube video, and if I want to find something on um, you know, Google Classroom, it will go search YouTube for me, which is not a big deal. I could go find the tutorial that I like. But the thing that I really like about this is, there's no commercials. So it's embedded right on the Wakelet site. So students will watch it uh, right within Wakelet. Uh, it also can take your tweets uh, from Twitter, and put them in ascending and descending order. So a lot of times people have Twitter chats. Afterwards, if I wanna go put in a tweet, I just find the person or the uh, user. So I do like sat chat on Saturday mornings. Once you go in, it finds all these things for you. If I could type. And what's really neat in here is when you go put these tweets in, you can select all 50. Uh, Last week, I actually worked with someone that I usually select all 50 and just put them in ascending order afterwards. But you can actually go through and choose these individually of the ones that you want to put in there. And I think it's unlimited. I thought you could only do 50 tweets. And once you pick them, you would add them in ascending uh, order. So it will go in reverse order and the first one would show up. That's the way a lot of people post uh, Twitter links in there. You could simply put bookmarks, pictures, upload PDFs. Here I think is where Wakelet is very powerful. It connects to your Google Drive. So anything that you have in your Google Drive, you could just open up and put in there uh, for your students. I don't use OneDrive but I know it connects to it. And also this will work with Microsoft or with Google. So it works with all platforms and on all devices. And then the coolest thing is the last thing they've added uh, about a year and a half ago now is Flipgrid is built into Wakelet. And once I went on remote learning, I ended up using this a lot where I could go in and record a Flipgrid short, I think it's up to 10 minutes now, just of a video saying hi to the students, this is what we're doing to this day but you can add in stickers, there's a blackboard in there that you can use. Um, and it's a really neat way to just have it embedded all in the same place. This became handy last year when everybody was hitting Google Classroom and nobody could upload video. I was able to create videos on Wakelet and then simply just take that link and post that link into Google Classroom. So right from Google Classroom, it would go right to, right to my Wakelet board. Um, and if I click this, uh, I don't know with the camera how it's going to work, but it looks just like Flipgrid shorts uh, that you go through, uh, you go through the different parts of it. And I'm actually gonna back out of it because I don't want it to mess up my uh, zoom camera, um, but it's very easy to use. Um, it's the same thing. You, Flipgrid is free if you don't have a Flipgrid account and it also um, copies the video to your drive. So you also have that for later. So, so far everybody has been in this private account. The thing that I really like about this is if I open up another tab and just go to wakelet.com and then put in my username at Reicher, now I can have all of these and they could be shared with you. So now this is the public page as opposed to the private one that I was in. And now here's this GEG folder Everybody can see it. What's really neat is once you get in this, um, I can also share this uh, with anyone. I can also copy the folder if you want to copy it onto your uh, Wakelet board. Okay, so here's GEG in here. Um, There were some good articles that I put in here, blog posts, if you never used Wakelet before. Really uh, neat ideas. Digital portfolios for high school students. Um, That could put videos all of their um, things in there while they're applying for a job and then just send the link Uh, Put all your bookmarks together for research. There are a couple ways I'll show you how you could share this with students. If students are under the age of 13 You just give them the code if they're over the age of 13 They can uh, you can give them the link and they can also make their own uh, Wakelet page digital storytelling and all of these are hyperlinked out project work. Um, Actually, this is very helpful for if you're ever out from school, too, to leave for the substitute. I could leave, which I did today, like all the work for the students and just copy the Wakelet link over to Google Classroom. Lesson plans, resources, and also it has on here developing new skills. So this gives you a couple of different ways that you can use Wakelet. And again, I was able to crowdsource this together, put it all in one place, and if you never used this before, this is a good how-to guide um, of exactly how to start. If I go back in as the owner, I just want to show you also the uh, collaboration piece that I could go into our collection. And now there's a couple of different things in here. I can uh, invite in, and this is what I was talking about before, but so you could see it. If kids are under the age of 13, here's a code that I could give them. If they're over the age of 13, I could copy the link to them um, or I could go to names and emails if I wanted to of other um, educators and crowdsource these folders together, which is something I do for my green screen folder. I have three other educators who crowdsource it with me whenever they find anything. Uh, they can go and they can, they can put it up to Wakelet. Um, also, I can just share this collection out myself. And you'll notice all those familiar icons up there that it could be a QR code, write to classroom, any of these other ways that I could do this. Um, a lot of colleges have started to do this, and we started to do this with a, a web page for our book. Use the embed code where they're actually building their websites on Wakelet, and then just take this embed code and embed the code right onto their regular website. So it would take your Wakelet site. That you can easily update from your phone or any device, and then put it over to wherever your main web page is, and that's a really easy way for people to get in again to uh, crowdsource and uh, and to contribute things. Um, so very easy tool to use. A couple of other helpful tools on here is if you're in Wakelet and you go to search, you can now search for any person or any collection. So if I were um, wanted to find collections on seventh grade math I can now go in and this reminds me a lot if you ever use something called Symbaloo in the past where I could go into other people's collections and really I'm like digging into their bookmarks of what are other good collections that seventh grade math teachers in this case have found and you don't necessarily have to you know recreate the wheel and when you go into one you can take a look at the collection You can uh, follow the person if that person uh, has a lot of good boards. You can also save this as a bookmark in Wakelet. And um, if you go to share it, you can copy the whole collection if you want and put it right into your collection. Okay, I don't want to do report. Okay, but some of them let you copy the whole collection In this one I could just copy the link to take it. It's all set up, uh, you know, for sharing. A really awesome search is if you ever use the merge cube, the AR cube, if I go to search merge and I go into, I think it's under people. Yeah, if I go into merge under people and go to the main merge uh, collection, this is really cool. You can have your students make their own merge cube and then all the activities are already on this page for you. So one thing that I really like about Wakelet 2, here are the directions how to make it and print it, is it has a lot of partnerships uh, with Microsoft, Immersive Reader that will read these things in different languages, Merge Cube, they have about 20 different companies that they are partners with um, that everything works in in these Wakelet accounts. So again, the searching was very helpful um, to go search for things, The showcase shows like their exemplars that Wakelet has gone and chosen. And again, you see what some of them are on here, all really uh, educator-based things. And those are some of the tools that I use uh, when I go into uh, Wakelet. One of the new things that they've added that you might've heard about is called Wakelet Spaces, which I have not used yet, but basically it lets you create multiple Wakelet boards within your one board. So right now I'm on my main board, which is for professional development. Before the spaces, I created a separate one for school and then also a separate one for our book, but they were all under different Gmail accounts. But with this, I can actually go in, create another space, And now basically I'm creating a separate space. And I've seen this shown where you can create spaces for all of your classes for your students. And then you're basically creating everything in one place. Uh, So instead of going into a place that will have a lot of folders, which mine has in it, this would be a separate place to go and to share with students. And again, you could share it under age 13, just get a code and you send them the code they can crowdsource the page with you or build the project and you could be seeing what they're building on whatever the topic is. So this is something brand new that just came out a couple of weeks ago, which I have not used yet because in the past with different Gmail accounts, I actually just have gone through and created uh, separate Wakelet accounts uh, for myself. But now that this is here, this is something that is brand new that I'm going to use. And if I wanted to create a special space and say for uh, my Python coding class, I wouldn't have to do it totally separate. And once you create it in here, it looks just like the regular Wakelet account. So there's nothing new that was added in here. The only addition is right over here to the left. You can add as many of these extra spaces as you want and really customize them for a certain group um, instead of giving them your whole Wakelet page and maybe directing them to one specific folder. Uh, So that's a really nice enhancement uh, that Wakelet has come up with um, in in the past couple of weeks. Um, And I use Wakelet, like I said, I have different collections. This collection, I think these are in the notes. I have a collection that I've created, the PD one, which basically, and I started using this two years ago at ISTE, where I had so many Um, links that I was just emailing to myself I finally went and put it in a collection you can also create a really nice left navigation when you go to edit your profile and these actually work you could put in Twitter Facebook all your social media with it and you'll see some of the different categories and breakdowns I had now before spaces what I ended up doing this is on my own personal account and then I have one for my school account and you'll see this is a lot less busy. Almost, I think, what Spaces is. Uh, this, these are just my classes that I teach. When I go in here, I can put all my resources in one place and also share them with students. This year, one of my goals is to have students help me collaborate in these folders. I don't even think there's a folder here. Oh, actually, there's only one thing. But I found that a couple weeks ago, I'm teaching passion projects for this year, which is awesome. I can invite students in to show me their collections of what they're collecting for their passion project and the rest of the students would also uh, be able to see it. And then the final thing uh, to share, and then I'll take if anybody has any questions, is I was lucky enough the past couple of years, I wrote this book called Scripted with Paula Nielinger and Randall Tomes. And one of the issues with writing a technology book is how to keep it updated. So we made a Wakelet site. So on the Wakelet site, we have like meet the authors, a couple of we video green screen things, student TV, radio. Uh, here's all different tools from one of the chapters. And a couple of things with this, eventually we're gonna make a folder that we want the readers to crowdsource different media projects that they could put on the scripted EDU site. And just as importantly, all three of us could quickly go in on our phone if we see a really awesome new media tool that wasn't even created when we wrote the book, we would be able to put this onto onto the scripted uh, site. And luckily for us, and I'm gonna stop sharing and see if anybody has any questions. Luckily for us with the scripted book, we had uh, WeVideo wrote a section of it, Wakelet wrote a section of it, and also this company called Backbone Networks, which does student radio uh, for not only colleges, but high schools middle schools. And one of the authors is an elementary teacher uh, that has a radio station through it in his school. So I would highly recommend um, using um, Wakelet. It's very, very simple to set up. I can it to almost, if you ever heard of S'more, which is a very good product and does a similar thing. Um, S'more, there is a price tag with, and so far Wakelet is 100% free. And one question I get a lot in workshops is, well, what happens when they start charging? There is a way you can export out your whole Wakelet site as a PDF so you can periodically back it up. So I don't think that day is ever going to come, but you never know. If you didn't want to pay for it, you still would have all of your, all of your Wakelet pages. Um, and that's my little show and tell uh, for today. Uh, if anybody has any questions or at any time on Twitter, at B. I'm happy to answer them uh, about Wakelet. Great company customer service like a lot of the other companies. And I would highly recommend it to curate, to put all your resources in one place. Uh, Wakelet's a great tool. Well,
0: that is fantastic. Thank you for sharing that, Bruce. Um, If anybody has any questions on that, um, please do throw those into the chat. Um, Or Stephanie and John, if you have anything to add to that. Uh, I definitely have, seen Wakelet. Um, I've played with it a little bit, but I am a a, a step one novice when it comes to it. And that really helped to get a much better understanding of what you can do with that as a tool. So thank you for sharing that.
2: We worked earlier in the summer on a a project and I put a link in the chat. It's called the Firehose Project. And uh, we decided to curate resources for educators to use during the spring when they were all of a sudden teaching remotely and there was a fire hose of information that was coming and so uh, we actually partnered with wakelet and um uh, we ended up working with james from wakelet and he actually uh, set us up with and i think it's i don't remember bruce what you said those were called but it's kind of like uh the public page that you can then have um that you can make some of your collections public and you can keep some of them private.
3: Right. You can, you can go into those spaces and every time you add resources to it, it gives you a choice. And by the way, if you're doing this for the first time, it makes everything private in the beginning. So you want to be sure to go and make it public if that's what, uh, if that's what you want to, uh, you know, use it for. But yeah, Wakelet is fantastic for putting um, all those things in there and, Uh, crowdsourcing as long as people have the codes and I find I use it a lot if people are asking a lot of questions about green screen on Twitter now I can have my own place that's crowdsourced and just give them that one Wakelet link to a green screen folder and then then all the resources are there.
1: And I know too with remote learning a lot of our staff members have been collaborating more than they ever have sharing resources. And Wakelet using that new space that they've created is such a huge um, thing that educators could use just to collaborate on different lessons and standards. They just have to add whatever they need to add onto that Wakelet collection. So if they find a tweet, they can just write add it onto that. Um, If they use Google Docs, they can add it on, it's super easy.
3: Yeah, and there is—I didn't—I failed to mention—but there is a Chrome extension for it uh, that makes it your homepage, and it will pick up your tabs and easily you could put things in there. And as I showed before, just by showing my phone, but it's really cool that whatever you find online, there also is a Wakelet app, and you can easily in like two steps just hit the little triangle and arrow up and send things over to a Wakelet folder uh, and make a collection if there's not a collection for it. And um, the points that you guys said to were perfect of for remote learning. This is a great tool because it's also not platform specific. So you can be on any, as long as you have an internet connection, um, it will work. And one tool I want to learn more about, it's a newer tool to it, is they partnered with Microsoft last year for Immersive Reader. And Immersive Reader is built into Wakelet. So Immersive Reader will read any of those pages in different languages, different paces, and different pace of speech, and and all those things, which is fantastic.
0: Awesome. Yeah, um, I've enjoyed playing with Immersive Reader over the last, oh, probably six months or so, um, because even though it's from Microsoft, somebody was kind enough to make an unofficial Chrome extension port of it. And so you can now use Immersive Reader um, as a Chrome extension. And so when I do my session on google tools for struggling students and i'm talking about text to speech i always cover read and write of course which i think is still the swiss army knife of these uh, type of tools but i always cover immersive reader as well because even though um there are some similarities it has some really unique features to it the ability to um break words up into syllables, and identify parts of speech um, to easily increase or decrease spacing between lines. Uh, A lot of stuff that I am really impressed by that could be very helpful for students, so.
3: Wakelet has a ton of great partnerships like that. And if you never use Wakelet before, the only other thing I would suggest is just go to YouTube and look up the Wakelet page. There's a lot of easy uh, starter videos there for you. And they always have um, a lot of um, forums that they do. They even had one today with WeVideo and Wakelet, like how to use it and create together this morning. Um, They have tons of great resources. And the final one you talked about, where could you find PD? They did a PD thing the third week of June. I was still in school where they had a lot of different educators around the country do all different topics that weren't even Wakelet. And it's also on that YouTube Wakelet page. There's, tons of great uh, PD there. And again, if you're just starting, I like to watch videos of things. There are a lot of starter videos on there, just how to do, how to get started and have fun with Wakelet. It's a great, uh, great website. And again, like I said, their customer service, I work with Misbah and all the people there. They're uh, fantastic that you can actually DM them on Twitter and follow them and they'll get back to you right away and be able to help you out.
0: Well, fantastic! And in the agenda, you'll see all of Bruce's contact information, his email address, his Twitter handle, um, a link to uh, the new book Scripted, as well as links to several uh, Wakelets that were referred to today. Um, so. Um, If you do have additional questions for Bruce, please feel free to either contact him directly or if you want to take advantage of while he's in the room today, throw them in the YouTube chat or throw them as a comment um, over here as well. Uh, But uh, I just want to thank you so very much for being with us today. It is so appreciated for you to take the time out to to share all of this with uh, this uh, community. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're going to go ahead and we will um, continue with show and tell. And um, by the way, the link is is fixed to the agenda. Thanks for letting me know. Uh, if you go back to the GEG Ohio website, the agenda link is actually now going to the one for um, uh, today. I just was, you know, um, so overwhelmed by 2020, I decided to link it back to uh, happier, gentler times, and so uh, that was that's what had happened i 'll just use that as my excuse <laughs> well what we 're going to do now is share a couple more show and tell things, and then, with all the time we have left after that, we would love to jump into your q and a and if there's anything else we you know miss that we need to come back around if there was something from the um, uh, what 's new in Google or upcoming events if, if we missed anything, please draw our attention to it. Probably the easiest way would be to throw something in the chat so that we do see that there's something else to take note of. Um, I do see that uh, John has added in the link to the Firehose project uh, that was being done by the Tech Integration Leaders of Ohio, which used Wakelet to curate those wonderful resources. Um, so I'll go ahead and run through Some quick show and tell things, and I'll turn it over to Stephanie. And then if anybody has something to add on the community ones, um, these are fantastic. I just don't have any firsthand knowledge of these, so um, I don't know that I'll necessarily speak to any of these. Um, But if somebody does want to chime in and talk about some of the community ones here, please do check, you know, click click the links and check these out. But if somebody wants to share about those, um, we would love to um, learn more about. Um, those items that got added in. So as far as what what I was going to share, uh, just a couple quick things. I had mentioned earlier about how we did subscribe to Enterprise, and so if you do have questions about that. Um, I am certainly not the only one. It sounds like we've got quite a few folks who are now headed that direction, but I'm certainly happy to share what our experience was, how we purchased the licenses, things like that. Just heads up, September 30th, it's right around the corner. That's the date that the free period for these advanced features are going to end as far as people that are not using Enterprise. So some of the things that we have grown to love, like recording the meets permanently and so forth, uh, those features are going to start uh, switching off then. And so um, if your school has decided to take a look at Enterprise, this is certainly a good time to do so. Um, a lot of a lot of neat features that come with that. Other things I did add in here, um, one was about downloading a YouTube video, uh, which I am not endorsing. Uh, and this article also says the same thing. don't. We're not endorsing illegally down, downloading YouTube videos. Uh, but it's just such a common question that comes up every now and then about needing to be able to play a video offline or when you're somewhere without a good connection. And so 9to5Google goes through a bunch of options um, on ways that this can be done for appropriate reasons. Um, Heads Up Science Journal, wonderful app that I've loved from Google for a long time is still going to live, but it's getting a new home. Arduino has taken over for it. So if you're not familiar with Science Journal, it's a really neat mobile app that basically lets you use all of the sensors on your phone to record real-world data. You can use the accelerometer, the light sensor, the volume sensor, um, all these things to record real-world data that then gets spit into a spreadsheet that you can then analyze. And there's just tons of lesson plans that are available online through Google and other sources on how this can be used for STEM, for math, for science. Lots of neat things. Well, for whatever reason, Google has decided they are no longer going to develop the Science Journal app, but rather than let it die, which unfortunately that happens, there is the Google graveyard where things just disappear. Um, Arduino has decided they will pick up the torch and continue to run with it. So basically, if you've downloaded the Science Journal app for your iPhone or Android phone or your tablet or the Android app on the Chromebook, if you've done that, the app will still work, but it won't get any new updates, and eventually will probably just stop working. You are encouraged to go out and download the new Arduino version of the app. I did that on my phone. It looks very similar. I mean, there's no new learning curve. If you've used Science Journal, you'll be totally fine with... Arduinos science journal, it is the same, you know, open sourced code that Google passed over to them, but they're going to be continuing to develop it and do a lot of other neat new things with it. So just heads up on that. Um, This is one I came across the other day. Um, We had somebody who had sent out a Google form and they needed to allow people to go back in and make changes and they had forgotten to turn on the option to allow people to edit their changes. And so people were not getting that link that says, hey, click here if you want to go back in and make changes to it. And I said, well, there's got to be a way though, a way around it. And so what we did is we turned that that switch on. But then I found this blog post that has a very easy to copy and paste um, app script. So this is the source code, very quick copy and paste this into the spreadsheet, refresh the spreadsheet, well, copy and paste it into the the, um, scripts portion of the spreadsheet, refresh the spreadsheet, and suddenly you get this new button that you click and it says, add form, edit response URLs. And it will go out and it will pull in the code, the the URL links to go in and edit each of these um, original responses. And you say, well, Eric, can't you just, Edit the spreadsheet. Well, yeah, I can, but but the people that were filling out the form, they don't have access to the spreadsheet. They you know they only have access to the form. And if you change the spreadsheet, it doesn't go backwards. It's it's a, it's a one way communication. You can put in a new piece of data in the spreadsheet. That does not feed back to the form. But if you put it in the form, it feeds into the spreadsheet. So these edit URLs are normally what you get when you say people are allowed to edit the form. But uh, if you need to. Force that, which that's the situation I found myself in. I was so happy to find this code that was very easy to add to the spreadsheet. It generated all those links, and then people could very easily I could give those links out to people. You can just like a mail merge and send the links out. They can then go in and complete what they had started um, or make changes or adjustments as needed. So that's a very specific problem, but if you have that problem there's the answer. So that's nice. Um, Another problem I had uh, recently, somebody was asking about, hey, I'm just trying to find, I know I've got these unread messages in my Gmail. I know I do. It says I've got them. I can't find them. And I just wanted to remind you, there are some really cool search operators that you can use. So when you are using Gmail and you go to the search box at the top, there are things you can type up there. When you run searches, and what I instructed them to do was to put in the code is colon unread. And then when you search for that, it brings up all of your unread messages. I then had them add label colon inbox to be able to just find things in their inbox that were unread and narrow it down further. But folks, there are so many of these operators you can type in there that if you're running a search for stuff in Gmail and the built-in search features aren't quite enough to get what you need, um, there are these uh, additional operators you can use. And so I did put a link into those if you find that to be useful Um, and then lastly we had some questions coming up recently about math manipulatives especially with virtual teaching and uh, I do have two blog posts on using Google Drawings for such. One is a bunch of creative ways to use Google Drawings for math, for lines of symmetry and congruency and all kinds of stuff, and then another one specifically on pattern blocks, but while the discussion was going on, a bunch of people were tossing out others, so I went ahead and added some others. Some of these I've shared in the past, others were new to me, but things like toy theater, polypad, Didax's virtual manipulatives, the math learning center, all of these totally free ways to be able to have virtual math manipulatives um, that you can be running through Google Meet, for example, with your your students or just uh, signing out to them. All right. So um, those are just some of the things that have been on my radar recently. If there's any questions on those, that's fantastic. Um, Otherwise, uh, I will turn this over to Stephanie. Uh, If you'd like me to unshare, I can do that too. If you want to take over sharing, Stephanie.
1: Okay, I'll just probably have you do it since I don't have too much. Um, So I have a digital newsletter that I have been doing the past couple years, and every week I'm just adding more resources. So feel free to save that to your drive. I kind of use it for my teachers, um, but, again, feel free to steal anything on there. Awesome. Um, If we go back um, on here, uh, the Global GEG has been really busy this summer. They have created a ton of short videos for parents and students. So the audience is, again, parents and students. And if you scroll down to the bottom, there's a nice Google Doc right here, and there's a table of contents. So if you need help with Classroom, you can click it and it will take you straight to Classroom. And there are as quick, our goal was um, 90-second videos. (laughs) So they're very quick, they're easy to understand, and it's very step-by-step. Um, we try to do like step one step two step three and so feel free to share these out with your districts feel free to make a copy of the google doc and take away i know some people don't use google classroom so feel free to take away google classroom um, if you need to for your district you might just want to like label it at the bottom that your district like name and you edit it just so you don't get confused or if somebody else needs classroom they're able to find those resources Um, but we talk about digital citizenship and I just know like at the beginning of the year my teachers were like do you have a video on this and I kept going to this document to share resources Um, so if you still have parents or students struggling feel free to use those different videos that were created Um, and they're from people all around the world
0: This is fantastic. Cannot tell you how often that question comes up. What a wonderful resource.
1: And then the next thing on the list. See here um, is just the terms for digital learning. There's a lot of terms that I think are new for students and especially parents. Um, So that first link kind of on the newsletter, it just has, one of my EL teachers found this. I don't even know who their creator is, but I would love to give you credit. Um, But it just says like open Google Classroom. I know a lot of our EL students are struggling right now with what some of this means. And so it just has what it is, what it looks like. Um, So it's a very nice resource for students that might struggle with some of the words that you're trying to use, or maybe a teacher the following, like the previous year, use something different. And so when you're saying um, the waffle, maybe they didn't use that term. Um, So you just gotta be careful and really make sure that your students understand what you're trying to explain to them.
0: Again, fantastic.
1: Um, And then another one was ways to communicate with parents. Um, We've been trying to really push the partnership with parents. So I just made this quick infographic with ideas of how our teachers could Communicate with parents. Um, we also did a true color survey, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But um, what the true color survey is, is you take a personality test, and there's four different colors. Um, I'm a gold, so golds are very type A, they like to have things done, organized. Blues are more of that relationship person that loves to be in touch. And so what we challenged our teachers with was giving this survey out and then communicating that with parents to have the parents do the survey. So you know how to communicate with them. Um, so Stephanie Rossine created this survey and she has a whole website about this. Um, it's a really awesome resource because we were going to struggle with that relationship piece of knowing you only see the kids twice a week. So how are you going to build that relationship with them? And so this test that she created and kind of came up with has really helped. Um, So her website is canwetalkedu.com and she goes over how to build relationship and then she has a monthly challenge to keep growing your relationship and so that you can understand other people better and work as a team better. So it was really good. Um, And then real quick, a lot of people don't know about talking points. Um, We use talking points in our district. It's an amazing app. It's kind of like remind only we've been struggling with our EL population and it takes what you text in English and translates it to their language. So really amazing technology there. If you're looking for something to help um, parents that are not English as their first language. Um, So make sure you check out talking points if you haven't
0: is there a link to talking points
1: here um i can put it in the agenda
0: yeah and also to the website you mentioned um the can we talk website yeah
1: that uh, that is in the agenda um the other one i I will add yep um and then just another thing a lot of my teachers are having a lot of struggle with sharing because they used to just post right to google classroom the sharing settings would change for them um, so if you want to feel free to steal or whatever you need to do, but it just went over. Okay. If you only need to see it, this is what you need to do because now with remote learning, they have to share with parents and parents have become a big part of the student's education. So making sure that parents can see it and making <laughs> sure that they change anyone with the link, which was really hard for a lot of my teachers to get used to. Cause they're just so used to signing in Google classroom it makes a copy it edits it allows view it does whatever for the students but when you add the parents in um they needed a little bit more support (laughs) um and then uh like there's the can we talk and um stephanie Rustin has added different Deck. Web's um, activities for the students to go through as they take the test and to learn more about themselves and others. So again, Excellent. another really great resource. Um, I might have to add the link in again. I'll fix that link. Um, that's great. Oh, maybe that's it. Yep, it's there it there. is. Um, there. So she's got a huge video that she did with Global GEG. It was amazing on building relationships. And then after that, you take, um, well, first you should take the survey. After you take the survey, you can watch it. And then after that, you can give it to your students, and then you can share your colors. And I just really love this. Um, It's really helped me work better as a team and get to know people that aren't um, other golds and to take a moment to ask the Blues how they are because I'm so task-focused that I need to slow down and just be like, how are you? How's your kids? You know, all that kind of stuff. But it's hard to do. (laughs)
0: I'm looking at um, this trying to think. Different. I'm trying to think what color I am now. Okay, I think you're I, green, I, I, Eric. I think I'm purple. Uh, it's, not long, <laughs> it's not. It's It's not. I, th- I think there. you're
1: green. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, I'll, now, now I'm really curious. I got to find out what a green is. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Make sure you take the personality test and let us know what you are, because um, it's really interesting. Like once you get to know yourself. Um, and then I just made a video on sharing contacts with Google. So once one teacher adds all those contacts in, they can easily share it in Google by just exporting the Google um, their contacts to a Google um, sheet or a CSV file, and then the other teacher can upload it. So it's really easy, It's really helpful um, for teachers to do. And then I made a graphic going over Google Meet because a lot of my teachers were struggling with, Okay, there's classroom. I can have the kids join from a nickname. I can do Google Calendar, and I can do appointment slots. Like, what yeah. do I do? And so I just made a quick um, kind of infographic going over each of the different ways, and it really helped my teachers like understand which way would work best for them and their students. Um, it all depended on how many kids the teacher had. Um, a lot of my middle school teachers, which is like fifth and sixth grade, used the Google Classroom because. Um, They have less students, but my junior high teachers, they've got over 150 students. So they are more likely going to use the meet nickname. Um, So it just kind of helped them understand the difference of those. So feel free again to steal that resource. And then the last thing I just want to go over and share is this attendance for Google Meet. I just learned about it um, this week from Scott summers. I think he was watching and what you do is you can add this extension. And it takes attendance. So you would just pick which class you have. You have to add one student first. And once you add the students or you can add all your students and you can mark them as here or not here. Um, And then it creates a really good spreadsheet. So I really enjoy the spreadsheet. You can quickly see who was attendant and who was not. Um, So it's really interesting to see um, this work. And I don't know how long it will work with Google adding attendance into Google Meet. So Um, But there's the spreadsheet. So you can quickly see like, yes, they were there as green. No, they weren't as red. And then it shows how long they were in the meet for and how many times they joined. So if you have an office hour and a kid came three different times, you have that data for um, parents, RTI, whatever you might need that data for. And those are my shares.
0: And those are fantastic. Absolutely wonderful. Um, I'm just thinking of so many things that I'm going to be sharing out to all of our schools <laughs> here. Uh, every time we do a meeting like this, it's like, you know, uh, the next couple of days, this is going to be emails flowing out <laughs> to, to all the schools I support here uh, with so many good things. Awesome.
1: Eric, yeah. Eric, and then have, oh, now, Go ahead, Bryce. Bruce. I have
3: one for you that this summer I was asked to write this book in Book Creator by Christina Holweiss, who's a media specialist. If you go to the very bottom of the agenda, it's called the Epic Book of Apps. And it was crowdsourced by 50 educators around the world. And basically everybody had four or six pages to go explain whatever app they wanted. And there's all video screencast in there. There's a table of contents. Um, and it's an amazing resource. I haven't even gone through the whole book yet. But any app that you could think of, teachers could quickly click in there Uh, whatever app it may be, and there'll be instructions for them written in a book creator. So it looks like a comic book.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And then I know in our community share out Abbott added some things. Um, He has Emma Pass. I don't know if you guys are familiar with her. Um, She wrote a free book about hybrid learning. So she is a teacher and she does hybrid learning before covid so she is kind of the expert it's completely free it's a quick read and lots of different ideas and strategies that she suggests in this free um ebook
0: wonderful
1: i'm trying to see if there's anything else from the community i know people put in videos um, yeah there's a lot of videos
0: that look to be really good like you know slideshow videos um uh, i like i like i'm curious about this one from joe about um translating google meet closed captioning i definitely want to take a look at that our ell folks will really be interested in that
1: and Um, there's another extension add to classroom extension i don't know if you've used that eric but it says that it looks like it did the same kind of thing that the share to classroom that's
0: probably the one Um, yep yep (laughs) might say yeah, that's the one I added already, yes. I couldn't, that was the one I couldn't remember the name of uh, earlier in the session. Yes, Add to Classroom is the one that covers that portion of what Share the Classroom did. It just doesn't do the pushing to Chromebooks, but yes, it does take care of just pushing it to a classroom.
1: And I'm interested to see how to translate Google Meet captions to a foreign yeah. language. That That will be interesting to watch, so thank you for sharing that.
0: Awesome. Well, let's do this. Um, Let's take a quick look at the Q&A if there's something there for the good of the cause that we can share. We typically are not able to go through all of this. Um, I would say we're getting close to the end of our time. So if there's something you want to add in the chat, now's the time to do it. If there's something that we skipped over, something you would like to share, please draw our attention to it by throwing that probably in the chat and then we can uh, take a look. Um, but in the q we did have people asking questions like, you know, good resources for accommodations. And so we do have some of those in there. Um, I did link in a, um, a Google document that um, is the one I use for the training. I do on Google tools for struggling students, and it covers, I don't know how many now, dozens and dozens and dozens of tools for text-to-speech, speech-to-text, readability, reading comprehension, behavior and focus, navigation, and then Chromebook-specific tools as well and um definitely covering things like read and write um, immersive reader i see stephanie mentioned moat i've got yes yeah i love moat that's that's a great one to leave um voice notes to any comments that you um uh leave so hopefully you can pick up some good accommodation and accessibility resources from there um i did see the question about is there a way to share a video through google meet Um, The only thing, and I don't know who typed in this response, but yes, that's what I would have thought too. In a Google Meet, when you go to share your screen, you can share the screen, you can share the window, or you can share the tab. The tab is the one that's optimized for audio and video. but That just means optimized. It doesn't mean perfect. Because if your internet bandwidth isn't that great, if the person on the other end, if their bandwidth is not that great, there still can be bottlenecks but that does optimize it so that you get the best chance if you do share it as a tab, the best chance to get it um, shared properly um, through a Google Meet. I don't know though, your mileage will vary as to how clean it is. Yeah, Uh, there was a question and my goodness, this has been a big, I I cannot tell you how many times this has come up in the PDs I've done recently. I I think it's because, and I don't know, (laughs) I don't want to be, I'm going to be very diplomatic here. (laughs) You know, I think a lot of times we think of PDFs and we associate them with worksheets and we think negative thoughts, or at least we feel we're obligated to think negative thoughts. You know, it's like, oh, no, we don't use worksheets. Everything is massively inspired, you know, interactive, creative activities. No, nobody's doing worksheets well, no, there's a place for worksheets. I am not a person who's going to stand here and say worksheets are evil. I know some people do say that, and I'm glad you do. Thank you for adding to the conversation and challenging us and and stretching us. Um, But I would also say there is a place for PDFs. Um, I did a lot of work with OTs and PTs this summer, occupational therapists and physical therapists. And one thing they need students to do is draw shapes and trace letters and being able to do that remotely, well, you know, if they can, if the students can annotate on a PDF to trace letters, that helps show that task. And so, you know, I, I think we wanna be careful not to get up, you know, too quick on a high horse and say, ah, PDFs, that's not good teaching. You know, we need to have a broader, more inclusive mindset on that. Well, this question has come up so much. How can we get students to be able to write on top of PDFs? And as you can see, there is not one answer. <laughs> There are a ton of them. Um, uh, Kami is the one that was asked about here because their district doesn't allow it. That is certainly a go-to. I think is fantastic for that. I did add DocHub. Uh functions very much like Kami. It is free as well. They both have a paid ver- version and a free version. Um, uh, but I've used both of those and you can uh, associate them with Google Drive and just click right on the PDF in Google Drive or from Google Classroom and say open with Kami, open with Hub, and you can annotate, draw, type right on top of the PDF. It saves right back to your drive. You can submit it, it's great. Um, if you use the mobile version of, of um, Classroom, um, the mobile version of Classroom allows annotation. It's just built right into it. So if you have an iPhone, an Android phone, an iPad or a modern Chromebook, that has Android apps enabled. If you use the mobile version of Classroom, not classroom.google.com, but the app, the, the Classroom mobile app, there's an annotation feature built right into it. I've got a, um, an old webinar that still is totally accurate and hasn't really changed since then. Uh, we've had this feature for a long time that allows you to annotate right on there. Looks like though, there's a lot of other ones like Teacher made is listed in here, PDF Escape is listed in here, um, uh, with read and write, uh, if you would, if you want to do reading, yes, yeah, the PDF reader from TextHelp, which is an additional um, installation beyond um, read and write, you have to also install that. But it will read PDFs. I don't know, uh, Bruce, John, Stephanie, anybody want to add to the giant PDF discussion about? Because uh, I do know there's the one other thing and I did not put it in here, which takes it takes some time. But I know people will do where you take a PDF and you turn the PDF into images, and then you take each image and you make it be the background of a slide, and then people can then write on top of it in slides. That works too, but it is a lot of hoops to jump through.
3: If, if we I, use oh, go ahead,
1: Steph. Okay, we use slides. Um, so we'll add it as a, either the background or just on the slide, and then yep. add Pear Deck. And then the drawing tool.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of
1: our workaround. Um, Mm -hmm. I know it's not ideal, but it's sometimes the easiest because I know text help can take a while to load and our students aren't always the most patient. (laughs) Um, So that's the way that we have done it.
3: Yeah. If
2: you want a basic interface, um, uh, you can use Seesaw. And when you import a PDF uh, into Seesaw, it basically makes it the background and is lockable. And then you can write over the top of it. So, And it's got very simplified tools for uh, kindergarten, for second graders to use.
0: Awesome. Yeah, if you want to throw that in, John, if you want to throw that into the
3: document as well as another one to point people to, that'd be great. I found to fill things out, the read and write for Google is so easy. You can open up the document in that and just use the T tool to type. And for the teacher, if you're filling out any forms, it is free for educators. The only caveat is it's not free for students, but I found that one very easy to use and then it just saves it right back to your drive. Love
0: it. Um, And then I know, I don't know when it's coming out, but if you look back through the old agendas, Somewhere, I know we've mentioned this. um, There was a blog post that Chrome OS is getting a built in PDF annotator. Um, Not the most recent, I saw that recent post about saving filled out PDFs in Chrome. That's not what I mean, but the actual pencil draw on annotation tool, as it'll basically what you see in classroom, the mobile version of classroom, that annotation bar. Is going to get baked into Chrome OS. So if you're on a Chromebook and you open up a PDF, there'll be a little pencil button you can click and just the annotation bar will just appear and you'll be able to just write right on it. So eventually, if you're using a Chromebook for sure, you won't, you won't need any additional app. You'll just on the Chromebook just click the pencil and just start annotating right away. I don't know why that hasn't made it out yet. I swear it's been six, eight, nine months since that I got announced. But that would save people a lot of time. All right, we're down to just a few minutes left here. Um, I did see questions about what if you don't have an enterprise domain? Can you do anything? And I would just talk. Oh, go ahead.
1: I would talk to May Ju if you're part of it says right there, like Google Trainer. If you're in the Google Trainer community, email May. She did send an email out a couple weeks ago, so just check with her. Um, She is always, always advocating for her Google trainers, which I love about her.
0: Yeah, I think that would be really helpful because as a trainer, um, to be able to experiment with those tools. I mean, that's why I'm glad at the Stark County ESC, we were able to purchase Enterprise so I can now stay up to date on that. I'm not sure what I would do with my trainer domain. It's just me. I have one account. Can I, you, know, you know? Can I convert that to enterprise? You know, I don't know. And so um, that's a very good question. I think a lot of people would benefit from that as a trainer, being able to have enterprise features available. All right. See a couple of questions here about Jamboard on Chromebooks. Saying that, yep, you can. But a, there was a note about not being able to insert files from Drive on Chromebooks. Um, Jamboard, I do appreciate this blurb here that Jamboard does have a mobile app that actually has more features than you get on the web. So if you access Jamboard on the web, and then if you access Jamboard on your phone or on your iPad, or if you're using a modern Chromebook and use the Android version on your Chromebook, it has extra things such as being able to do handwriting and it'll convert your handwriting into text. You can draw shapes and it'll turn the shapes into the correct shapes. It has extra functions that that are nice. Um, Some more cheat sheets for Google. That's great. Some ideas on attendance. Thank you for everybody who shared their different thoughts on taking attendance, whether it's a Google form that kids fill out or that Chrome extension we mentioned, or for enterprise, how it's going to be built in. Question about if a student gets added to classroom late, do they see all the earlier things? Um, They should. Yes. My experience is yes. Anytime I have created, because I do a lot of classes that are rolling courses that people can join any time, and I've already got all of the content in it. When they join, they just see everything. I don't have dates on them, like due dates when they're due. Um, So I do see how they're saying things may be marked as being being late. Um, All right. Uh, Have people seen intermittent problems with making a copy for students and the students don't get it, but they get to make a copy link? I had not, I had not seen that. Um, But um, it sounds like some people have seen that and they were wondering if maybe they'd accidentally deleted the original and so it was making a new copy for them. The only time I've seen a problem is when you push out something really big to your students. Sometimes it's really delayed in getting copies made for the students. And there was that one workaround, I think I shared it in an earlier um, meeting, I think, um, where if you have a really big attachment that you're making copies for students and it really truly does not show up for them. And I, I made a video on this one for my teachers here because people were struggling with this. Um, and I'm happy to share that video if if it's helpful. Um, if um, Sometimes it just doesn't, it does not make the copy, like it times out and like three of your 50 kids don't get the copy. It's so weird what you do is you go into the assignment and you leave a private comment for that student, just type in just testing and that triggers it and it, and it like restarts the process and then the attachment gets created. It's like that's the workaround. You leave, you leave a private comment and it like kicks off the process and suddenly boom, their their, their attachment
2: shows up when it wasn't there before. So
0: I have seen that.
2: We saw some of the same problems, Eric. Um, We had a large amount of teachers taking an online cohort uh, to do the Google Certified Educator Level 1 this summer. Uh, It was close to 800 teachers we had in one Google Classroom. And I'll tell you what, Google Classroom groans when you have that many and things like assignments not showing up, or if you have multiple attachments in an assignment, sometimes you have to close and open, and then eventually it'll say, oh, yeah, and it'll it'll give you all of the links there. Uh, so we have cut back the numbers that we're going to put into our Google Classroom. We've reached, we think the theoretical practical limit is about 200 people in okay. the Google Classroom. So that was just based on what we did uh, this summer. Uh, it worked, but it was... it that there were some issues.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Well folks, we are uh, creeping up on three o'clock and we always try to cap this at uh, two hours. So um, we are going to start to wrap up. I'm gonna do a little bit of uh, kind of uh, quick wrap up uh, comments here. In the meantime, if uh, Bruce or John or Stephanie have anything else they would like to add or if somebody has something for the chat, speak now, this is the time. the the last things that I will say as we start to ramp up is please do consider filling out the attendance form if you haven't already. It is under the section called Important Links. It is highlighted in bright green and if you follow that link, it'll give you a chance to fill in your name, email, where you're from, the date of the meeting, and if this is your first time. We do not do any, we do not share your information with anybody else. We simply use that to send you a certificate and to report numbers to Google. So if you haven't done that yet, I encourage you to fill in the attendance form for this. Remind you that all of the um, upcoming meetings can be found on our site, which is at bit.ly/slash G-E-G Ohio. If you head out to the site and you go to the monthly meetings, you will see October, November, January, February, March, April, May. We typically don't do a December one. Keep in mind that um, we'll update the links here as well because October is not going to be a traditional one. Instead, as Stephanie shared with us, It's going to be more of a town hall. And so rather than doing it as a zoom meeting that we're pushing out through YouTube, it is going to be an actual Google meet that you will be inside of. (laughs) So instead of um, just uh, watching through YouTube and chatting, it's going to be a meet that you'll be invited to. We're going to do it as a town hall. Google is asking for people to do this um, and they have uh, asked GEG Ohio to be a part of this process to share where the pain points are, what you'd like to see change, what's, you know, what's the good, the bad, and the ugly related to Google products. Please, in the meantime, fill out the form that is linked in here and we'll send out some more emails to the GEG Ohio community about that. Speaking of which, if you haven't joined the community, please be sure to do that. Under the updates, you will see the link to the community and how you can join that so you can stay plugged in in between. Um, Of course, all of this information will be available going forth in a number of ways. Um, You can always get to this video um, on my YouTube channel. I'll post a blog post about it as well. We will, um, of course, have the links inside of the agenda. And Stephanie, as always, is so kind to convert this into an audio podcast as well. So if you have not subscribed to that, you can follow the link here to get the podcast that uh, Stephanie puts together based off of our recorded video here. I do want to thank Bruce very much for being our special guest today. And I want to thank uh, Stephanie as always, and happy birthday, Stephanie. And then thank you, John, for being part of this as well. John is helping out. As a leader um, uh, Sarah Kiefer is as well so our leadership is growing and the group is all the better for it Uh, hopefully we're getting all the colors now covered here so we know we've got yellow covered Stephanie's claiming I'm green so maybe between John and Sarah we've got a blue and an orange in there and maybe we'll actually be able to get some stuff done (laughs) so that's great Okay, anybody else? Anything to share? I just
1: want to say um, thank you, Eric, for everything that you have done for GEG Ohio and answering like tons of emails that people ask in the thing. Um, so I appreciate that. And see everybody next month at the town hall meeting.
0: All right. Thanks so much. Take care of everybody. See you next month. Bye bye.